welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Marie Rodriguez about family constellation work. Marie is a dear friend and a naturopathic physician and energy healer. She graduated from Bastyr University in 2002, and her journey into naturopathic medicine has been an evolution from the scientific to the spiritual. You can read more about Marie and her journey on her website, drmarierodriguez.com. And I really hope you enjoy our conversation today about energy healing, family constellation work. And if you've been struggling with a chronic illness, um, we hope that we pique your curiosity in this being a modality to explore and getting the next level of transformation for your health. Welcome, Marie. I'm so excited to interview you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be speaking with you today. Yeah. And so I just want um, all of our listeners to know, um, you know, that you and I have obviously known each other for years now, and you've become part of um, my family, but you've been so influential on my journey to becoming a naturopathic doctor and really some of the... um, protocols and kind of remedies I've been drawn to uh, through your own work. Um, When I was taking my break from naturopathic school and was living in D.C. and, you know, taking the MCAT and trying to figure out about, um, you know, my direction in life, I met you and you really empowered me to really um, help really fix my hormones and I was just in awe with just some really, you know, profound combination of techniques, especially craniosacral therapy and drainage remedies and gemotherapies that you were able to get me kind of back on track very quickly. And um, that that um, that experience really shaped me. And really, um, during that really that time where I was in indecision, you were helping guide me back to naturopathic school. So I think, you know, I think of you all the time and how um, important you have been. Um, not only for my body and my health, but also you've helped a lot of my family members and all the people who still I love who live in D.C. And, you know, we have a lot of, um, you know, connection between uh, growing up in Virginia and going to UVA and finding our ways to Bastyr. So, um, so no, this is really fun to connect with you in this way today. Oh, thank you. Well, it's good that we're not on video because you're making me tear up. <laughs> oh. It's to hear all these wonderful things because I'm just so impressed by all of the important, powerful work that you're doing right now. You're just really a huge inspiration and the population that you work with just really needs what you're bringing. So just really happy to have our synergy and our collaboration. Thank you. And it's just been so fun to, you know, now, um, you know, that I have been practicing and I, you know, obviously see a lot of people who have chronic illness, you know, one of the big pieces of our work, you know, is working on this emotional, mental, intuitive and spiritual planes. And you've developed um, a lot of unique tools um, to support people on that level. And so it's been really fun for me to be able to refer patients um, to you and so that they can get this type of work. And so that's going to be a big goal of ours today to explain more about um, ancestral healing and constellation work and what that all means. But before we dive in, um, you're obviously a naturopathic doctor. And while you still practice medicine, your journey has kind of led you to work kind of more on this um, in the realm of shamanic healing and energy work and constellation work. So I'd love for you to just share with with us, um, how, how your journey evolved. Yeah. So my journey really has been from the scientific to the spiritual. So in undergrad, I was like, uh, of all things, if you can believe it, I was a chemistry major and, um, I was pre-med 
and decided I wanted to do naturopathic medicine after doing many, many hours of volunteer work in hospitals and just got kind of disillusioned with the um, with how uh, Western medicine really treats patients. And when I found out about naturopathic medicine, it just really resonated with me and, you know, chugged through. I, I kind of did, began with four, the four-year track and then ended up um, spreading it out a little bit more because, as you know, it's a pretty grueling experience. I also took a year off um, during that time. And in practice, you know, a few years in, when I was, was creating my own um, private practice, I found it really challenging on my on my physicality. I've been doing, you know, the different protocols and a lot of the naturopathic treatments and just I felt like something was missing. And I'd had a really powerful experience with energy healing early on. I felt kind of like an anxiety and a depression lift for like several weeks. And so it just really got me curious and I dove headfirst into craniosacral therapy and one of my teachers also practiced shamanic healing and I had some really powerful um, experiences with her and it really just lifted a huge layer of anxiety off of me. Um, And so I just continued to study energy healing alongside having my practice. I went through years of insomnia with private practice and I was, you know, working with practitioner after practitioner and nothing really seemed to work. You know, I think I had almost seven years of of insomnia. And what I kind of realized through my own um, energy healing pursuit is that I was just taking on other people's energies and I really needed to find ways to clear myself and strengthen my boundaries And the more modalities I incorporated for myself, the more I became interested um, and passionate about bringing these concepts to my um, patients. And so my practice, I do adhere to the naturopathic principles in my practice, but I use the lens of energy healing, shamanic healing, family constellation work, um, my main um, therapeutic modalities. And I love to work collaboratively with other naturopathic physicians. And so that was quite a kind of a big transition over the past few years. I've really shifted more from the traditional naturopathic paradigm um, with, you know, a lot of the detail oriented labs, et cetera, to more of this mind, body, spirit paradigm. And it really, really suits me now. And it's certainly a work in progress and it's always changing as I'm learning new things. Um, And I'm, you know, really interested in, you know, for my personal health and also for those of my patients, how we are really complex multidimensional beings. And so we can put somebody on a really fabulous protocol, but if at that energetic level, there are blocks in place, then that protocol is only going to reach a certain level. So to have a really powerful impact, we want to look at some of what are some of those energy blockages and our um, family system, our ancestry is a really important um, piece to address. And that can be done in a variety of different ways. Um, today, I think we're going to talk mainly about the constellation uh, method. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that you've, um, you know, of course, when you have a personal experience and personal story, it, you know, makes you kind of just understand and embody this work on such a profound level. And I know that you've co- uh, combined a lot of, you know, healing modalities, and you've you're always studying, and um, you've really um, made your own unique kind of method. <laughs> In doing that, and one of the tools, though, I know that we want to share with the audience because I think it's um, still, you know, not many people know um, about family constellation work and kind of what that means and how, you know, really we are 
you know, our bodies and our, um, you know, our DNA basically is impacted by the lineage of our ancestors. And so I would love for you to just share what is family constellation work and what is this role of ancestral healing when we're looking at, um, looking at our health. Mm -hmm. So constellation work is actually, um, the creation of a German psychotherapist named Bert Hellinger. And he combined a system of therapy called family reconstruction therapy um, by a therapist named Virginia Satir, along with what he experienced as a missionary in Africa. He experienced um, Zulu tribal conflict resolution. And so he kind of synthesized those two uh, modalities into family constellation work. Um, And the work can be done as a group process, it can be done one-on-one, and it can also be done remotely. Um, and I think that the field just continues to, to develop over time. And it, I find it just a really powerful adjunct to some of the other modalities that I, that I use. And one of the most important concepts is that we are um, part of a larger soul of our family. So we have our own individual energy field as human beings. However, we're also connected to a much larger and potent energy field that contains all of those who have gone before us. And so the work of um, Family Constellations works within that that framework. And there are certain principles that align and, and influence this work. It's different from kind of any other modality that I've, that, that I've experienced. Um, and it, it is really, it's really powerful and it's very informative. And I can talk a little bit more later about what it's like to kind of step in and do the work um, either as a client or as a, a representative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, uh, and this is what's been really fun about both of our journeys. You know, I obviously still work very closely with Dr. Klinghart and Family Constellation has been a big part of his um, healing system. Um, and he is, um, you know, close with Bert Hellinger. And, you know, um, that's the lens that I've seen this um work, you know, really be impactful, you know, in patients, um, you know, journeys. And, you know, one thing that I just want to kind of continue to reiterate, it's like, you can have everything, you know, like a perfect protocol, doing everything right with your diet, you know, really taking care of your physical body. But sometimes there are these blocks or these plateaus that people reach. And, you know, when people really are able to and open to looking at these other levels, this is where we probably both see in our practice, um, you know, this next level of transfer- transformation and shifting happening. So I, I just want people to know that this is absolutely an important tool, when, you, especially if you're suffering from a chronic illness or, you know, you've been really struggling with your health, um, and tried a lot of things and then you haven't explored this, I absolutely recommend it. And so, you know, uh, this is a great overview of constellation work. And then I guess if you want to just dive a little deeper in some of the, you know, the concepts of constellation work and, um, bring this to life for our audience. Sure. Yeah. So we do constellation work on behalf of a patient who isn't well, body, mind, or spirit, However, the way I like to view it is that we're actually healing that patient's ancestral line. We all have ancestors who have passed on in a state of not being well, and that information kind of stays in this group energy or the family soul. So like that's kind of the 
first concept of family constellation work is this idea of the family soul. And, you know, ultimately our goal is to be free, autonomous, sovereign beings, carrying the gifts and the love from our lineage, carrying that as support. However, what happens when we have ancestors who have passed on and they have unresolved issues, trauma, etc., is that that information stays within the family soul and that actually affects us. So there's there's epigenetic um, research that shows traumas from past lineages create changes within the DNA, not the genome structure or the sequence, but will, creates an expression different from um, how they were originally expressed. So there is a link, um, ancestral trauma gets transmitted via these epigenetic processes to future generations. So by freeing up our ancestry from trauma, we can actually, over the course of time, I believe, change the structure of our, of our DNA. Um, when our ancestors pass on, they no longer have free will. And so that, that burden, not only does it stay in the family field or the family soul, but there's certain descendants that might, may line up with that potential. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about entanglements later, but there's this idea that there's this information within the family soul that we can carry within us, within our DNA, within our, our bodies. That influences um, our health. It can influence our relationships. And it's running in the background, and we don't really even know that it's there. A big concept of this group energy field is that all members have a right to belong and all members have a right to be witnessed or seen. And so if there's an individual who's gone ignored or has been shunned by the family out of shame or whatever, that that individual's life pattern wants to be healed. And so it'll repeat in future generations. Um, kind of like this idea of repetition compulsion in, um, in psychology, we will choose the same partner until we like break out of that, out of that pattern. The next thing I want to talk about is this idea of the knowing field, which I kind of think of as a universal energy field. And when we step into constellation work, we're stepping into this big information field. And there is a, a biologist by the name of um, Rupert Sheldrake who talked about um, collective memories within a species. So how um, a member of a species can learn a new behavior and then rapidly many other species, um, many, many other members of that same species are able to learn that, that behavior instantaneously. So it's this, this idea that there are traits and patterns that get held within a collective field. And the term knowing field has been coined to describe the, um, the field present within family constellation work. So that's a real big concept as to how this can actually um, create such big changes. And I also think that this energy field is what um, shamanic healing practitioners are able to tap, tap into when they do the journey and they go and they gather information for their client. So that's the second really important concept. And the last I've touched on already, it's this, this idea of entanglement that um, when we have an ancestor who has been unwell or who has suffered and it's it's gone unresolved, we may, unbeknownst to us, carry some of that information. So in spite of 
eating an impeccable diet, being on a fantastic treatment protocol, seeing an awesome therapist, saying all your mantras, meditating, you know, forest bathing, <laughs> doing everything that you're, you're like not progressing, like you're not advancing. And so I think that there's these forces at play, these entanglements with ancestors who, um, need to heal, kind of need to be, need to be seen and they can actually, um, block people's progress. So for me as a healer, um, I'm currently working on that now because the things that I'm really interested in in my healing path are at odds with my lineage. I have a real strong Catholic lineage on both sides of my family. And so a lot of the things that I'm really interested in, you know, mother's side, father's side would think, oh, that's, you know, pagan and witchery. (laughs) And that's actually been blocking some of my like perception abilities, um, seeing, hearing, et cetera. So what I'm currently working on is actually going back and working with healed ancestors who can kind of support me in my work. And, you know, it's a process. So over time, um, having those ancestral lines also, also heal, you know, it's, too much for, for, you know, one individual in this lifetime to heal the whole ancestry, but, you know, you'd kind of do what you can, um, and, you know, take, take steps forward to begin to bring the gifts. Cause there are, you know, there are a lot of gifts available to us, but sometimes the suffering and the, and the trauma that we've, um, we carry in our DNA can be, you know, be in the way. So it's, you know, it's a, um, speaks near, near and dear to me and, and my current process and healing process right now. Any questions about any of any of those? I know I was just like babbling on for a little while. No, no, that's great. I think you put, um, you know, great framework together and we can kind of break this down so people understand it more. And, you know, how this comes up in my practice is that obviously people who do all this work, but they're still carrying these, um, you know, feelings that, that they don't have a context or framework to understand. And I think that this, um, as we talk about this, more we can kind of um, bring this to life on how um, bringing awareness and healing not only gives people more peace and healing um, in their lineage and in their own body, but that they have more, you know, just they they feel better, right? Um, as a result, um, and so let's let's just bring this to life. So you know, I refer patients um, for this work and to you all the time. And so how, you know, when a, um, a patient comes to you for constellation work, how do you, how do you break this down? How does this process look? Yeah. So I'll talk a little bit first about like the group process, even though I'm not currently doing a lot of that right now, I have done that in the past. And I want to do more of that in the future because that will kind of really explain it a little bit more clearly. And then I can talk about the, the individual work. Um, so in a group process, you would have a facilitator and a client and then a, a group, you know, 10 to 30 people, however big the group is going to be. And the client comes in and has a piece of work they want to do. And it can be around um, relationship with their mother. It can be around health. It could even be around like a business matter. Um, so it doesn't just have to be, um, you know, health or family related. The we'll, we'll have I'll have a conversation with with my client, and I'll kind of I like to start out really simply. So I'll kind of use like a, a common one um, that I've been doing recently. Um, people who want to be able to step more fully into their career, they want to be they have something to bring to the world, but they just feel blocked. So I would have the client select um, their goal. I would 
have a client. And so what I'm saying is they would be finding a member of the audience who would step into the center of the circle. So if you want to just envision a group process, it's everybody's seated in a big circle. So they would choose one um, person to represent their goal. They would choose one person to represent them. And then they would choose a third person to represent an obstacle. And so what happens is when you kind of step into the field, as a representative, you begin to feel certain emotions, certain bodily sensations, and a certain um, picture begins to get painted. And the first time I stepped into a constellation, you know, I was in the audience, like, I don't really see how this is going to work. Or I felt like the, the participants who were acting as representatives may have been like play acting. I stepped in as, I think, a sister of somebody, and I immediately, my body temperature rose, my heart started racing, my throat got really tight, and I was kind of trembling, and I just felt a whole lot of anger, you know, just surge up spontaneously. And I knew that wasn't me because I hadn't been angry before stepping into the constellation. And it turns out that this member of this family, she was currently, like, they were fighting. Like, they were, I don't think they were speaking at that time. So that was my take home. Okay, this really works. Like when you when you step in and you represent somebody or something, you really begin to take on those characteristics. And so I, as a facilitator, will just observe the dynamics and see what, what happens. Now with constellation work, there's two different um, approaches. And Bert Hellinger's approach is more like constructive. And so they will make... Um, make movements and statements, you know, for the representatives, the way I work, it's called a phenomenological. So I'll spend more time just really observing because sometimes a conflict can begin to create its own resolution. And so in observing the dynamic between say the client, the obstacle and the goal, more representatives might come in. Maybe that obstacle becomes the client's mother, the client's father. And then okay, there's an emotion there with the father and what the father is carrying is blocking the client's progress because it's something unresolved from his ancestry. So then other representatives might step in behind the father. So I always started out simple, but then it can like grow over time. And then I'll also bring in bring in some healing aspects as well. So essentially the first part of the constellation is observing, maybe bringing in more representatives, getting just really sensing what story wants to evolve, what portrait wants to be painted. And then the second half is I will kind of sense what healing statements may need to be made with the client and the obstacle. A big thing that I see is um, children carrying on um, the burdens of their parents. So a child who's been more, and this is very, very common, a child who's been parentified or a child who's been enmeshed with a, a mother or a father. And a really common healing statement is, you're my mother, I'm your daughter, you are big, I am little. Because with constellation work, the ultimate goal is to support the flow of love within a family system. And what really helps to support that is that the family system has an order, the father, the mother, the oldest child, the second child, the youngest child. So everybody has their place within the system. It's when that gets jumbled, like a child is actually in the mother role, father is actually in a child role, that the energy, that the love can't spread um, 
fluidly through the, through the family. So that's kind of what happens um, in person. Do you have any any way I can expand upon that to make it clearer? No, I think that that's great. And I think that, you know, if people are still trying to understand this, I think what you shared, it's like, um, you know, trying this and having a personal experience, because this can sound very theoretical, or, you know, very kind of untangible, but it is so um, impactful when you actually get in this um, group intentional energy and with a, you know, a facilitator who obviously understands how to really navigate the complexity of what comes up. Um, you can't deny, you know, your experience and what's happening. So I, I, um, you know, I just wanted to put that out there, but I, um, no, I think that really makes sense. And I, you know, even people who, you know, are nervous about participating, oh, I'm not going to feel anything. I'm not going to experience anything, you know, like they, you know, they get a little bit, um, you know, um, you know, nervous if they can really participate. And it's amazing how many people do have um, bodily sensations or thoughts or feelings or experiences when, you know, they're doubtful about their ability to do that. Yeah. I had a really interesting experience. It just popped into my head, so I'll share it. Um, so my first Constellation weekend, I was, um, part of, there wasn't a training program. I was just participating. And they had us break out into small groups to do a Constellation with our parents mother, place your mother, place your father, and then place a representative for the earth. And just kind of as a background, my father was considering back surgery for chronic back pain. And I was like, dad, I think that's a really bad idea. I really think you need to do physical therapy and, you know, conversations about what he should do instead. Right. Not taking any of my, any of my advice, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, in the constellation, I placed my mother, I placed my father and I placed the earth. And in the constellation, my mother was like, the woman who represented my mother literally had her arms wrapped around. She was at his back and she had her arms kind of wrapped around his neck and she was like hanging on him. And so what evolved during that constellation was a series of movements to have them standing next to each other. Um, I think that there was probably about a half a foot of space between them and then having the representative of the earth behind them. And my dad's back pain just mysteriously vanished. Um, and I, you know, didn't say, Oh, it's because I did a constellation because that's just not within his belief system. But that to me, that just showed me, okay, this, this really does work. doesn't always work that clearly and that quickly. And that wasn't really something that I had been asking for, but it's what showed up in the field. And clearly on the soul level, it reorganized how my parents' souls related to each other. So that was enough to kind of shift um, the sensation, the quality of like his back pain, you know, went away. He didn't have to have surgery. He'll, you know, periodically have like some milder versions of back pain. But to me, I'm like, that constellation work is what, is what, <laughs> and that was kind of like, okay, I needed to study family constellation work. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't a placebo effect because he wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't believing in, you know, his, exactly. this is, you know, so I no, I think that that is and that's what we all, you know, want and strive for. Right. You know, um, that we can by healing these levels, especially when people have these chronic um, symptoms that um, the physical body shifts in response to uh, this work. And I, I've seen that um, as well. Yeah. So the work can also be done, so I I described the the group process. It can also be done um, individually, one-on-one. In person, I'll use little different objects. I'll sometimes have um, people 
bring like stones or shells or little figurines and we'll do that um kind of on the on a table together um they'll choose an object to represent the issue the relative etc and it can be really powerful um and i like doing it that way because they have objects that have meaning to them and then they take them home and then i can also work with them to feel the, the patterns in their body and sometimes i'll do like a guided meditation as part of that process um, so it's it's really different from the you know the group experience where somebody else is stepping in on your behalf because you're the the client is actually just sensing more with each of the different representatives that we're putting into the into the constellation and then that can also be done with video over Skype or or Zoom and then sometimes if I have a client on the table I do um, craniosacral therapy and shamanic healing and I'll just get the sense of this is a family constellation piece. And since they're lying on the table and I don't have any objects, what I'll do is I'll say, okay, well, let's um, imagine if your mother's in the room, like where would she be? And if you were to see like the face of a clock, like is she at noon, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, and then kind of, you know, where is she facing? And then walk them through some um, statements to make to um, her mother. And I can actually feel, it's really interesting because I can actually feel on the body the shifts that happen, the the um, blockages that begin to dissolve and release. A lot of times people be- become really emotional um, and have like a, um, t- a crying release. Um, and they always say, that just came out of nowhere. And does this happen to everybody? And I'm like, <laughs> yes and yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's usually a really good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a hard thing to describe without without experiencing it um, because it's so it's such a unique um modality. Mm-hmm. No, I think that this is, um, you know, you, you're definitely bringing this to light for people. And of course, our goal is to pique everyone's curiosity so they can, you know, reach out to people like you and just, you know, really learn more and have a personal experience. Um, one thing I think that could, you know, bring this to life as well is, um, you know, the work with the genogram, you know, I know, um, you know, Dr. Klinghart, um, has people kind of write, um, a genogram, um, if they want to engage in this work just to get kind of the roadmap of their ancestry. And it's not always critical if you're going to work with someone like you, but can you just explain, you know, the, what a genogram is, you know, people really want to start doing some self-study of their ancestry, um, how they could kind of put that together. And I, yeah, and I love working with the, with a genogram for people who know a little bit beyond their birth parents and, um, or even their adoptive parents. And that brings up something kind of interesting, which is a lot of us in the United States have like amnesia, cultural amnesia, because we're descendants of immigrants. So people who fled seeking a better life, leaving war, leaving, you know, poverty. And so we have like a big blank blank spot, which I think affects us on a health level. I think that that means we have our roots. We don't have these deep ancestral roots to support us. Um, like those who who live in the same land that their ancestors lived. So doing a genogram can actually be, begin to open up the, the family field. And it's basically um, just like a written version, you know, of the family tree. So the male will be represented by a square and female by a circle. And then you'll start with like your mother and your father connected by a line and then um, connected by a horizontal line and then vertical lines coming down will be like the, the, um, the children in in the order. And then um, I like to kind of spread it out so that I can, you know, usually ask people, is there, are there any really significant um, 
significant features about your mother or, or your father, just like what, what really stands out? Like, okay, my father was an alcoholic. Um, my mother was really, really sick before she had me. She had three miscarriages, um, things like that. And then just getting, you know, people might have a really spotty, um, it's in my experience and practice that people have a real spotty memory or, um, consciousness of their ancestry, but I'll just say, okay, do you know of any, anything that people have talked about? Oh yeah. They, they immigrated from Ireland and he was an amputee or, you know, alcoholism is a really big one that I see that comes up through, um, family constellation work, but I really see the genogram as a great way to start and it begins to kind of open up the family field. And as I'm kind of filling it out with somebody, it'll really start to speak to me. Like I can tell, okay, here's where where we, where the work wants to start. Right. Um, and so we'll begin there. And a lot of times this happens in layers. Like you begin, you begin to tap in, um, and you you kind of have to progress little by little because our ancestors have, you know, I don't think there's any one of us who doesn't have ancestors who've had a lot of trauma and they've figured out how to survive that trauma. And I think, um, what historically has been done is to really slow everything down and hold and, and freeze. And so when you go in and you start to unlock this work, it has to be done kind of artfully and gracefully with a lot of consciousness because the way our ancestors chose to survive, they, you know, it worked for them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily work for us because we're not well, we don't have like our, our vitality. And yet you want to be doing it in a way that, you know, that kind of honors, honors them. Because if you don't, I feel like sometimes they, things can get locked down a little bit further, you know, and I've had in one, in my, one of my constellation teachers said, sometimes we might not have, you know, the right to do this work. You know, if you start a constellation and there's just no movement or nothing's moving, it's not the right, it's not the right time. It's almost like that's still a little bit, you know, too active. And she calls it that phenomenon of um, like preserving the status quo. It's like, keeping the status quo is safe and we know it's safe. And so that that happens in a, in a small percentage of cases. And so we'll just do little pieces over the course, over the course of time. Um, so it, it is, um, it, it is artful and it's, it, it, it can be complex. Um, but when you do little pieces over time, the, the picture gets brighter and, and fuller. Um, and then there can be other little things that people do, you know, on their own, um, in between sessions to kind of connect with their ancestors, um, to maybe even do a little bit of research, begin to have conversations with some fam- some family members. Um, things will just start to open up in the family field. People will get calls from relatives that they, you know, haven't seen <laughs> years, mm-hmm. um, because the, the energy is like not as locked and it's just starting, it's just starting to open up. Yeah, and I've seen that. I, I that is a common uh, comment. You know, people um, will all of a sudden there will be these, you know, bridges of communication that have been maybe um, not as open. Um, that in the you know um, in real life, <laughs> you know, experience like a phone call from out of the blue, or I've I've heard that you know many times. And um, you know, I think um, you know this is a great exercise if people are interested in starting to think about this. And many times, you know, I bring this up and people are like, oh, I can't think of anything. And then they go through and they start filling out the genogram and kind of investigating. And, you know, there are these, you know, themes and themes that, you know, um, you know, alcoholism is big. Um, there's also, you know, themes, um, that I've seen too, you know, adoption can be definitely a theme. Um, you know, this kind of, 
you know, not understanding or knowing, you know, um, the biological, you know, ancestry and kind of all the, um, you know, all the uh, trauma that can happen, um, you know, with adoption, even though it's obviously a beautiful thing to, um, have adoptive parents. And then, um, you know, I think miscarriages and abortions come up a lot too, kind of like, yeah. So it's like this, um, idea of, you know, just, um, grieving and bringing awareness to souls that didn't, um, you know, come through in this lifetime and they still need to be acknowledged and honored. And so, um, you know, I think, uh, I think that's a, do you see that a lot too, Marie? Yeah, the, you know, anyone who's kind of not been acknowledged, um, anyone who people might not even know. And then sometimes I'll say, I have a feeling that there's somebody here. We don't know their story, but we just want to create space space for them. And you're exactly right. So miscarriage or pregnancy termination, um, that can be held within the subsequent uh, pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you see one of the, you know, along these lines too, um, Dr. Klinghart and his work, um, and it seems to be, I think, just with our patient population, kind of some of the susceptibilities for people who are um, tend to be chronically ill, this whole concept of vanishing twin, does that ever come up in your work? Um, can you just describe, describe what that is to just so people are curious? So the vanishing twin, um, it can happen in a couple different ways. So it can be that when a... Um, mother gets pregnant, she originally gets pregnant with two and then one survives. And so there's like the sense of, um, bereavement or, or loss, um, that the surviving baby can carry. It can be, um, I, I also think that it can be, I know this isn't it exactly, but I think that, um, in us women, a lot of our emotions are held in our wombs, in our uterus. And, um, I think that intergenerationally, we can carry loss there. And so um, that can be just felt by the, um, the newborn, I mean, kind of like on a, on a more like primitive, primitive level, um, which would also be, you know, if the mother, you know, had a, had a miscarriage or there's a long history of miscarriages in the family, right? A lot of times that there's long history of miscarriages and they're never talked about. And so it's almost like, well, what gets denied or what gets, um, you know, pushed aside kind of grows, you know, and that has a a bigger impact or a bigger momentum. And, um, that can, I think, impact a newborn. And it's, there's so much, you know, mystery to this, but I think that that conception and gestation are really big, potent times when a lot of these energetic, um, relationships and energetic pathways are, are forming, you know, ideally the incoming soul would get to have a choice. Like I want to take this good from, you know, my, the X chromosome from my mom and this good from the X chromosome from my dad, but it doesn't really, you know, work that way. Mm-hmm. So you are kind of marinating in this, um, sea of, you know, of informa- of information. And I think that it affects us. It impacts us a lot more, um, then we give credence, you know, and I think there's just so much more information that's going to be coming out in the, in the future about it. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it has a lot for conscious conception, right. Two parents choosing and, you know, being aware of what their patterns are and what they want to, um, bring to the little one. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think, you know, from an empowering perspective, if, um, you know, if anyone out there is struggling with fertility or, you know, just, um, you know, bringing, 
life, you know, through them, you know, looking at, you know, this piece, I think can absolutely be a supportive uh, modality. Um, absolutely. And, you know, another kind of aspect to this is then when, um, you know, we use a biofeedback technique called autonomic response testing so we can kind of communicate with the body and um, see, you know, where there are blockages and um, where we need to explore. And so um, one of the things that, you know, in our work of doing this, we find the timing of when these uh, feelings enter our bodies that um, are unresolved. And um, it is amazing that there's a lot that happens, you know, in the womb when uh, from conception to birth, um, this is a time, um, you know, me being pregnant right now, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, have awareness around, um, but you know, that, you know, definitely we take on, you know, the emotions of our, you know, our mothers, and then kind of from a deeper level, kind of what has been, you know, the lineage that is passed down, that is actually held in our womb and all of that. So I think, um, you know, we probably sound esoteric to some people, but it, it definitely is. I mean, I see this a lot um, in a personal um, level when I work with patients, and I know there's absolutely truth in all of this. Yeah. So something else that's interesting that that brings up is um, the firstborn child will often carry more of the ancestral quote unquote baggage than the second child. So in the system of family constellation work, the firstborn, there's a certain level of like respect or honoring that's involved because they've kind of stepped in and are like, I think of, you know, I'm a, I'm a firstborn and kind of like the shock absorber. So those born after have a little bit less of a burden. It doesn't always happen to have have to happen that way, but that's what what I see a lot in my practice is the firstborn kind of takes takes the hit in in utero from for these patterns, um, gets the transmission so to speak. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I've kind of seen that. That's pretty you know it's pretty interesting. But a lot can certainly be done consciously during pregnancy and even after um, delivery. I had a client who's also a friend who in her family line, there were a series of accidents that happened to toddlers. Um, she fell on her head, her dad fell on his head, and then her little one um, fell out of the carriage down the stairs. It's terrible. And um, so we did, you know, we did a piece of work um, with her and her daughter. We had picked two stuffed animals and we said, this stuffed animal I want you to give back to mommy and this stuffed animal I want you to give back to daddy. We want to take it from you because this is all the stuff that's for us. This is the heavy, yucky, monstery stuff that we don't want little Karina to have. We don't, this is not for you. This is, we're the, we're the parents that we're bigger. You're our daughter. And so we need to take all of our stuff back. Mm-hmm. And so they did. She gave them each the stuffed animal back. And then of course her husband, and he's a skeptic. He's like, well, let me test this. And he like tried to give it back to her. And she was like, no, no. I'm like, I'm take that back. Oh. So, um, just yeah. another way to kind of free her up from having, you know, more of these, these accidents. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great story. And I, you know, the first, the firstborn is the brave soul, right? Not only, you know, taking on all the lineage and we also see on a physical level, like, you know, the toxicity of the mom and, you know, so it's, um, you know, the, the firstborn definitely <laughs> has a lot, um, you know, to work through, but this is, you know, there's so many tools to, you know, as you just shared kind of, um, not have to repeat patterns. Right. And so there's, you know, there's so many levels. There's never going to be a dull moment with 
everything that's out there in terms of healing and personal growth and development. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, before we close, Marie, do you want to offer us a guided meditation? Um, so I think this is a, a really way, a, you know, a great way that we can connect with this energy if you're interested um, in learning more. And so, you know, please, if you're driving or, you know, multitasking, take a moment to just quiet your find a quiet uh, moment or space. And I'll let Marie uh, lead us. Great. Yeah. So we'll just do um, kind of a brief guided meditation. So just kind of finding yourself seated comfortably, just taking some graceful, easy breaths, maybe just in through your nose and out through your mouth and just inviting all of your energy to be present with you. If you've been busy or been in the car, been at work, just if you were to imagine that your heart could be like a magnet and just command all of you that's been out there in the world just back back to you back to your body back to your energy field and to slowly begin to imagine a place in nature where you feel safe and comfortable and relaxed maybe it's a forest maybe it's by the beach And just become aware of the healing elements of nature, the temperature, the wind, the sensation of the earth beneath your feet. And I just want to create a healing visualization. So if you were to imagine throughout the ages, the element of fire has been used for healing, for purification for transmutation, for empowerment. So if you want to just imagine a beautiful bonfire, safe and glowing, warm, nourishing, that you're seated in front of it or standing in front of it. And if you wish, you don't have to, but if you wish, you may invite members of your family to be seated or standing around the fire. Children, significant others, spouses, parents, whoever feels appropriate, they might just show up. And then as you breathe, just breathing gratitude into the fire for its warmth, for its healing properties. And also knowing that you can let go with the exhalation. You can just let go of tension, of stress. And just imagining that you could receive energy from the earth up through your, the soles of your feet. As you just feel that warm glow of the fire, that earth energy slowly moves up your whole body. Grounding you, earthing you, centering you. Just relaxing your nervous system, your shoulders, your upper back, your jaw. Just really feeling almost as if you wanted to imagine that your legs could be like roots of a tree. So that from your 
navel down. You're just really centered in the earth. So really grounded and rooted and have this beautiful fire in front of you. And then next, I want to invite a really huge circle of wise and loving and healed ancestors behind us. So those ancestors, they may be many, 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 many generations back. But these are ancestors who are healed and who can heal us and who can also heal those who've come before us that need healing. So they may be really giant, more like angelic beings, but just imagine like a really large ring of healed ancestors all around us, all around the fire. And then you can just, we can just receive their support. And as they begin to just send their light and their energy into our crown and into our heart. Into our pelvis. As they send all this healing light. Whatever is not supportive. We can just exhale and into that healing fire. And so just taking several deep breaths, imagining this beautiful ring of support of healed ancestors encircling us, filling them, filling us with their love, with their wisdom, with their healing energy. Just really receiving. And then with the exhalation, just letting go into that fire of transformation. Breathing in again. And feeling their warm, loving light just fill us from head to toe, just nourishing us enlivening us at the cellular level, just bringing in a lot of light, a lot of power. I'm just feeling that light in our heart. And then just really acknowledging the support, the stronghold for whatever we have going on in the, in the real world with family, with work, that we can honor these ancestors. And taking a breath and maybe just inviting ancestors who could use some healing. So we have have this powerful ring of support and this powerful healing fire. There's ancestors in either family line, biological or adoptive, mother or father, that could benefit from the healing fire, that they may show up and receive healing at this moment. 
And just continuing to breathe. Just letting go of any anxiety or worry or fear, grief. And just continuing to receive, receive light, receive support. Maybe you want to visualize putting your hands close to the fire and taking in some of that healing warmth into different parts of your body that may need healing, into your head, into your heart. Just enlivening different parts of your body that could use healing. And then just taking a couple more deep breaths. Thanking your ancestors, thanking our healed ancestors. Offering gratitude to that fire. Taking another deep breath and then just coming back slowly as you're ready. More enlivened, more empowered. Clearer. taking any movements and then just slowly coming back and opening your eyes and knowing that that's a visualization you can do when you're wanting support and wanting some trans transformation. Knowing that these healed ancestors are present and it's with our intention that we can connect. Hopefully oh, that was a little bit healing and clearing of your day thank you marie that was lovely no i think that's um yeah no that's a beautiful visualization and i think that's a great way to you know close our conversation about this really important work and we really hope that um for all of you who are listening that um this is really pique your curiosity if this is a whole new concept for you and there's a lot of resources um, available to explore this information and so Marie how can people find out more about you and your work and um, constellation work yeah so my website um, drmarierodriguez.com and r-o-d-r-i-g-u-e-z um, they can reach me via my website and I work um one-on-one -on -one over the phone and I um, have practices in the Bay area and in Washington, DC. So we can find a way that works best for, um, for anyone. I offer a, a free 15 minute discovery call. If people just want to meet, meet me over the phone initially and answer any of their questions. Great, great. Well, you have a beautiful website and it's really fun that you're able to support people, you know, not only virtually, but also in California and DC. And um, no, I really appreciate your time and um, you just sharing all your wisdom with us today. You're so welcome. And thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been really fun. Thank you. Thanks, Marie. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Marie Rodriguez. You can find more information about her in our show notes. And I hope that you really, um, we piqued your curiosity about family constellation work. Thank you.